Thank you for tuning in to the Repairs of the Breach podcast. We pray that this message reach, repair, and restore as our pastor, Calvin King, delivers a message from God. Today we're getting ready to go to the third gear, all right? We've been shifting in these gears, and we started off last, a couple of Sundays ago, and I told you about it, where the first gear was actually hearing God's word and applying God's words to your life, amen? So the Bible said we have the ability to call those things that be not as though they really were. So there's a lot of power in our words, and you're going to have to start watching your words. I challenge you when we first start to watch what you say. Speak no evil. Say no evil. Don't talk about no evil. And watch God begin to turn some things around in your life. That was first gear. Second gear, which is actually, I did a quick one. You know, when I was racing, I had a little sports car, and I would race. We're supposed to be racing. Young folks, don't be out there racing. All right? But I would skip a gear. Okay, I was in first, and this car I drove with RPM could get up so high. So I can go from first to second, lose a little bit, but boy, when it took off, by the time they changed another gear, I was way, way out there. So I skipped the gear on you last week. I went from first to third, okay? I taught you last week about expectations, okay? That's the third gear, really, okay? So the second gear, I skipped, but I'm going to slow down and come back to it now. I'm going to gear it down because I believe you can handle it. I believe you can receive it. So if once you hear me start talking about it, if by chance you get offended, knowing it's not you that the offense is coming. It's coming from the enemy because I want to expose him today, okay? And I want to be able to help you understand the truth in God's word. There's, God has so much planned for us, but because we have been duped by the enemy, we're allowing ourselves to go through heartache, pain, suffering, uh, brokenness, and all these kind of things. But God wants us to be full. How many of you have children and you want to see them beat down? You want to see them broken? Hold on. Listen to what I'm saying before you raise your hand. <laughs> you, you have children that you want to see them broken, busted, disgusted, sick. Uh, nobody has those, those children that they want to see like that. So what make you think God will want his children to look like that? And he being a good God, who can only do good. Every good and perfect gift, as we talked about last week, comes from the Father. Amen? So, Pastor, why are you saying all that? Because today I'm going back to second gear, which really actually today is third gear, but it's actually second gear. I'm getting it down. Okay? But I'll just keep it at third just to keep you from being confused. Which is raising a moral standard. Our theme scripture, Psalms 119, verse 18, we should know this one by heart. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold the wondrous things out of thy law. We talked about we operate under spiritual laws, that spiritual laws supersede natural laws. Somebody asked me the question, what's the difference between, uh, what was it, universal law and spiritual law? Universal law is where all the laws came out of. In the earth realm, we start discovering certain laws. In the earth realm, the laws of physics is what we start to live by. What goes up must come down. 
in the law of physics, we discovered the Wright brothers discovered the law of aerodynamics, which you could fly. So there are laws that can be broken or bend. In the spiritual realm, these laws supersede all other laws, all the laws that we've discovered in earth. The, uh, according to physics, you can't walk on water. Jesus said, I'm going to show you a new way. Okay? Uh, in the law of physics, said there's no way you can take water and just bless it, and it turns to wine. Jesus said, I'm going to show you. Okay? So everything that the laws in the natural realm has put in place, Jesus said, you've been operating on a natural realm, but I call you to operate supernatural. So therefore, if we're going to operate supernaturally, we've got to believe that there's a supernatural realm, okay, and that there's a, I told you last week, kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven is a place, okay, the kingdom of God is what? God's way of doing things. So if we're going to understand this supernatural realm, we have to understand it as living in the kingdom of God, operating the way God wants us to operate. So when we read in the Bible the kingdom of God, we're simply saying God's way of doing things. God has a way of doing things in this earth. And if we operate in the supernatural, we will abide by those things because we, we know the repercussions if we don't. Some of us are deceived by the enemy, and I'm going to show you how he deceives us so that we'll be able to know so you'll be able to go forward. And this for young people as well. You definitely have to watch yourself in this day and time. God will open up your eyes. And I pray that God begin to open up your eyes so you can see some spiritual truth. And today, I'm going to really try to help you to understand that. So we're living in a season of overflow. I stopped with that last week. Um, yeah, we call this Christmas time, Thanksgiving time. But this actually is a season of overflow. This season can be extended in your life. You don't have to say, well, Christmas is over, that's it. No, 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 no. God wants you to walk in this thing. He wants you to feel what it's like to have your needs met, have them enough put in store. He wants you to see, to see what it's like that you don't have to worry about if they're going to cut your light bill off. Some of you in here now, you're so blessed that you, when was the last time you had to worry about your light bill getting cut off? You remember when you had to beat the check to the bank? You borrow a check from your friend to put in your bank, and then you gave it back to him. Y'all know how y'all chase checks. But he's good. And I just heard him, and his mercies endureth forever. Mm. Stop. That's an anointing on that one. I can feel it. I can feel it. Boy, some of these, one of these times, you know, y'all going we're gonna, to we're gonna get out of, the, out of the flesh, and we're going to get totally into the spirit. And when we hear stuff like that in our spirit, we're just going to go for it. We're going to minister to God. But in order to do that, we got to forget about time. we got to think about eternity. Oh, yeah, that messed you up. Because some of you already be ready to get out of here. But anyway, so we'll just stay halfway in, halfway out for right now. All right? But one day, we're going to walk in the spirit. When we hear something like that in our spirit, we're just going to minister it to God. Amen? That's where our breakthrough comes in, when we minister to him. Amen? All right. Ah. So... In order to see, don't stop. No, stop. See, everybody ain't there, so we, we got to take, take it into consideration. Everybody not there. Some of them shaking their head. No, I ain't there yet. I'm ready to go. It's hot. Okay, all right. If it's hot, tell one uh, somebody, Brother Houston, adjust the air for them or whatever. But all right, I see a lot of people fans. Here we go. The season of overflow. God wants you to live in the overflow. God wants you to live in the overflow. Listen to me. God wants you to live in the overflow. He wants you to see how, it's, how, it, how everything he designed for you come into manifestation and not wait until you get old 
and be on welfare and all this stuff and start settling down. No, God wants you to go from glory to glory. You ought to be living your best life. All right, so here we go. In order to see the full manifestation of God, we must raise our moral standards and our spiritual expectations. I dealt with spiritual expectations last week. Today, I'm going to deal with the moral standard. Psalms 84.11 says this in the King James Version. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. The Lord is a sun. He blesses. He lights up everything for you. And a shield. He protects you as well. Amen. He said, the Lord will give grace. That's getting something that you don't deserve. Okay? Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. But grace is getting something that you don't deserve. And glory. God wants you to look good. He'll give you grace, something that you didn't deserve, so that you can look good. God does not want his children with shoes off. You know when you grew up, you know, we had one pair of shoes, and that was a good pair of shoes. God does not mind you having five and six pairs of shoes with different suits, different outfits. God doesn't mind that. He wants you blessed. He wants you blessed. It's okay. It's not the rapper that God wants you to just look at them and envy. No, he wants the rapper to look at you and envy. So much so that he put some things in order. God designed this earth as a God of order. He designed some things to happen. If you do what you're supposed to do, do what's right, he said, I will withhold no good thing from you. No good thing will I withhold from them that walketh upright. Now we get mad. Now we're going back down. Okay. God said, and it's promised to you, I will withhold no good thing from you if you walk upright before me. But see, all the years that you went astray and you wouldn't been walking upright before God, it has cost you something. Because mm-hmm. you know better. You just didn't want to do better. All right? Now, this is going to be a tough message at the first, but I tried to bring it on out. I was praying to God, God, help me make it a little bit exciting at the end. Maybe they'll be okay. All right? Because they're not going to like this. Okay? So, so God's saying that no good thing will be withheld from those who walk upright. If you walk upright before me, you do what I tell you to do, I've got these things designed or these blessings designed to overtake you. You hear me? So if you're not being blessed, you may have to go back and say, God, open my eyes to spiritual truth. All right? Proverbs 10 and 22 says this. The blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich, and it add no sorrow with it. Now you hear that. The blessings of the Lord, it, it what? It, that blessing, that thing that God want to use to set you on fire, to set you on above, that thing, God said, I'll add no sorrow to it. So you don't have to be, oh, God, I, yeah, no, no. You know, it, God wants it so to a point that your biggest problem is how to get rid of all that he gave you. There's a way that Uncle Sam has this thing set up for, actually for business people, this, this system that we're in. It's not really set up for people who are working every day. Because when you work every day, Uncle Sam wants your money before you get it. Okay. If you're in business, he gives you the option to spend all you have. 
Anything you left over at the end of the year, you need to pay your taxes on it. Mm -hmm. So in the business realm, at the end of the year, I got money I got left over. I can be a blessing to the, to the church. I can find some organization to give it to. I can go buy cars. I can go buy this because I got to get rid of it. If I don't get rid of it, I have to pay taxes on it. Sound like an unfair system, huh? Well, both are set before you. You choose to work. You can own your own business. I guarantee you, some of y'all are the best cooks. Some of y'all can sew. But see, you, okay, let me stop. This is not a business class, okay? Some of you can wash some cars better than anybody can. Some of you can cut grass better than anybody can. You can have, go back to gear one, whatsoever you say. All right, okay, let's go back up. Okay, all right, follow me now. But the devil has a plan, I'm going to call him out, to cut you off. He has a plan to cut you off and stop you at the crossroad. He has a plan that he has devised to get to you so that you won't get blessed. And how did he implement his plan, Ms. King? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Oh, 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 oh. When you, when you did something wrong, you broke something in the house, first thing, uh oh, that means you're going to get it, okay? Uh oh, because what the devil is doing, he's assigning people to your destiny. People who are not where they should be in God but they're where they need to be in, de in the devil, one foot in and one foot out. Many times they can be church folk. They can be folks on your job. These are people that the devil has assigned to you to be good company. People that you like. People who will say what you want to hear. People who won't go places with you that Christian people or rights people won't go. See, sometimes misery loves company. They broke and they want you to be broke. They need somebody to borrow from. So when they have, look, I borrow from you, and when you get to that point, you borrow from me. Wait a minute, I don't want to get to that point. So the devil, young folks, assign people to you early in life. And friends will change on you. So what you're going to have to do if you're going to go to this next level is that you have to Look at the, and I don't want to make everybody cautious and you think devils are all around you, but they could be. You, that best friend of yours could be a devil or on an assignment from the devil, okay? So, so what God does is give you a chance, okay? That's why I tell you we're going to another level. We're shifting. Let's just say this is something that God has for you because you got it on here, and it's got a point on it, but you, you, you're so immature, you're pointing on people. So what God does is take it away from you. Puts it out of your reach because you're not mature enough to handle it. You got people around you who you think that are friends. They, they are causing you to not act mature so you won't do what God called you to do. So God has took your blessings and put them out your reach. It didn't take them away from you. He just put them out of your reach because you're not ready for it yet. And if you want it, you can't reach it from here. So that means you have to rise up. You have to shift. That means some of your friends can't go with you. 
Why? Because you know that you got to, you, you, you know you're supposed to be farther than where you are right now. You know that you're supposed to have more than what you have right now. You know things shouldn't be this hard for you right now. So your friend can say, oh, we can do it. You know what? You plan on going to church this morning, but you stayed out so much last night. Ain't that the devil? You paused all hard last night that you got this morning a little chill in the air. You're like, I can't go nowhere anymore. I'm going to stay along a little while longer. The devil know how to catch you. There was a, uh, a young man when I was in uh, at the other church. I did a summer camp, and I did a business camp for the students. My son had one group, and another guy, little young guy, had another group. So they had responsibilities to try to make the most funds for their group. First day, uh, the guy, he beat my son out. I said, okay, I'm hip. I said, you know what? My grandmama, uh, your grandmama left you an ice machine maker. Make some snowballs. All the kids going to bring their money. They're going to buy all the snowballs. Daddy, that's a good idea. And it was a great idea. This dude had to be the dude with the Holy Ghost, but he had an anointing for business. He found out that Calvin had some snowballs everybody wanted. Well, at 12 o'clock, when it's time for us to go do it and sell the snowball, they didn't have no money. Because this little dude started early and got them to get all his stuff. So when they got all his stuff that he had brought, they wanted a snowball, but then they had no money to buy. He got ahead of the game. And I said, Calvin, that's a lesson to learn. All right? I'm telling you the same thing. The devil know how to get ahead of your blessing. You plan on this. You plan on getting up and coming to church. You plan on getting your life together. But all of a sudden, now here he comes. Now here she comes. What? That went by accident. It was by design. The devil is trying to cut you off. All right? But once you start listening to this word, allowing this word to get in you and get past your hardened heart, because what's happening, the devil's trying to hard your heart so that you don't hear the truth. He don't want you to hear what I'm saying. He makes you think, I got to go. You're already watching your clock, your watch. You're already wondering what time you're going to get out of here. Where is that coming from? That's from the devil. He's trying to cut you off because he don't want to hear you, want you to hear what, you, what the word has to say. So your maturity says, you know what? I want my blessing, and I'm going to go after my blessing. No, you can't go with me. You don't understand this. No, you can't have this. No, there's some places up here you can't do it. Why? Because this is, I'm, I'm just saying, this is an altar. Where I'm going, it's going to alter your life. You're not going to be able to do what you used to do. We're not going to talk like we used to talk. We're not going to say what we used to say. Because I'm going after my blessing. Well, why, how am I going after it? When the blessing was designed to come out to me. Because guess what? When the blessing came upon you, you weren't ready for it, so God put it out of reach. Now you've got to step up and get your blessing. You see it? All right, let's keep going. So, uh, 1 Peter 1.16. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Uh, holy. It is not the way you dress. It is a lifestyle that you live. Holy simply means to be separated. I can't smoke with you. I can't drink with you. I can't do this with you. Why? Because I'm Holy. I can't cuss you out. Why? Because I'm holy. I'm like him. Be ye holy, for I am holy, says the Lord. So I've got to be like him. He made me in his image. Why I can't act like him? 
Why do I have to do what everybody else does? Why do I have to cuss you out? Why do I have to sleep with you? Why? When the Bible hates fornication, sex before marriage, I want to marry you, but we got a sample. We ain't sampling nothing. My son asked me a question. He said, Dad, if I keep myself, what makes me find, think I'm going to find a woman out there that's going to be able to keep herself? And that's so sad. Society has left the moral foundation. And we're wondering why we're struggling the way that we're struggling. This is what Billy Graham said. We in the church have failed to remind this generation that while God is love, he also has the capacity to hate. He hates sin, and he will judge it with the fierceness of his wrath. By Billy Graham. Oh, okay. Okay. Demonstration. Again. Uh, this is sin. And God hates sin. Okay. Does God hate him? But he's going to have to punish sin. And sin is in him. So now God's got to deal with him. So in the goodness of God, what he does is begin to cut you off so you come to your senses about your sinful ways and hope that you will come to yourself and repent and get rid of the sin. You want to keep holding it? I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> so he has to get rid of the sin. You see what I'm saying? So the blessings are there. God want to bless you, but he can't because you're holding something that he told you to let go of. And because he's holy, he can only get so close to you because of the sin life you're living. He wants an intimate relationship. He wants to be close. He wants to speak to you, talk to you. But because you're living in sin, he cannot because he's holy. All right? So therefore, he's going to have to judge you someday with the fierceness of his wrath. He's a good God, but he will judge. God does not want you to be deceived by this. He wants you to know what's going on. Galatians chapter 6 and 7 says this. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Okay. All right. How many of you don't raise your hand? You're not living right. You're doing wrong. You know it. You're smoking dope. You're shacking. You're doing whatever. God says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. God loved me. He's going to let me get away with this. You will always harvest what you plant. If you sow seeds of discord, then that's what's going to come up, a whole tree of discord. In other words, if you cuss me out, somebody's going to cuss you out. You lie on me, somebody's going to lie on you. The Bible says that you will always harvest what you plant. You will, how long? Always harvest what you plant. So if you get some bad stuff, it's because you've been planting some bad stuff. So what you got to do now is today repent, ask for crop failure, and start praying that you can start harvesting what you really want, and you start saying what you want. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. I come behind in no good thing. Everything I do prospers for me. You've got to start saying this. All right? Romans 8, 8, chapter 8, verse 13. Watch this. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. Talking about the flesh. 
But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For if you live by a dictate, talking about the flesh, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you think is okay, that God's all right with, God ain't going to judge it. If it's sin, he's going to judge it. You hear me? If it's sin, he has to judge it. If he come back tonight and you're in your sin, he will judge you. If you live by what sin tells you, what your flesh tells you, you will die. Pastor, I'm not dead. You got to look at what God's saying, what death is. Will this cause separation? Genesis 2, 16, 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayst freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eat thereof thou shalt surely die. For Death. what? For in the day thou shalt eat thereof thou shalt surely die. When Adam ate of that tree, did he die? Physically he did, but spiritually he was dead. He was separated from God. Death is a separation from God. The day when you set in your heart to sin and tell God it's okay, you know you sin and you know it, that's the day God backs up from you. That's the day you cut God off from blessing you. Some of you in here right now, you cut off. It's just a matter of time for some stuff to start dying around you. See, see, we talked about these men and these women fighting for freedom. They know the price for freedom. They laid their life down. They went to war to fight for it. We don't know the price for freedom because we, 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 we what, I'm free. I can do what I want to do. Really? Really? When you have a God that you have to glorify, you shouldn't, you, 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 know, you, you can't be a drunkard. You can't be a drug addict. You can't be uh, a fornicator. You can't be an adulteress. Some things you just can't be because I'm connected with him. I can't do certain things because of who I am and whose I am. If you don't raise your moral standard, your blessing can't come through. Not the way that God wants them to come through in your life. So is God unjust? Is God wrong? I mean, I'm just human. Everybody else is doing it. Why do I have to be the square? Why do I have to be the nerd? Why do I have to be so different? The problem is that we've been living in this world so long that we're starting to adapt the way the world operates. And so now when we see it, it don't bother us no more. The biggest thing that the world's doing now is pushing the, 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 uh, the homosexual agenda. And we see everybody, we see homosexuality everywhere, in the churches, everywhere now. Is trying to get us to accept it and not say nothing about it. The Democratic Party, one of the guys who's running for president, said if he does become elected president, if the church says anything or have any hate speech, they say anything about homosexuality or the LG, you know, the letters, if they say anything about them, then he's going to consider it a hate speech and he's going to take away their 501c. 501c3 status. So shut up, church, because we're doing our own thing. The devil is a lie. 
That's why God's going to raise some business people up in these churches that's going to have funds and finance and say, you know what, let's pay the church off. Let's get out of debt. Let's not owe no man nothing but the loving. Okay? That's why you got to raise your moral standards so you can be in on this move of God so what God can use you to be a blessing. He wants you to be a blessing. Can't he use you to be a blessing? If you'd like to learn more about the repairs of the breach ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.org. Want to stay connected to the church updates and news? Text ROTB to 24587. 24587. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.